I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I am also an introvert. And I'm Jess Gorman, and I am a theater maker, and I'm also an introvert. And this is The Introvert's Guide to... On The Introvert's Guide 2, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguide2stuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide 2. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people find the show. But even better, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that might like The Introvert's Guide to, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. Jess, we've discussed many times, and I think I've mentioned, like, I can go three weeks without seeing another person. Happily so. Maybe even longer. Sorry, I've got something in my mouth. I can go like three weeks without seeing each other, possibly longer before I'm like, oh, I haven't seen anybody in a long time. I should probably, I don't know, be social and see some people. But when I do that, it's more out of, it's not like I'm feeling particularly lonely, Hmm. which begs the question, can introverts feel lonely? Well, I feel straightforward answer. Yes, of course. We're human. Of course, yes. Right? Of course, of course. Yeah. It, to what degree and how we handle it, that's going to be more of a nuanced answer, I think. And also under what circumstances. Absolutely. For instance, I was on maternity leave and that's a famous time for many, many primary caregivers to feel lonely and isolated. That wasn't so much my experience because I had my closest friends already, my mom and sister, (laughs) who are just down the road and easily available and accessible. Whereas now that I'm out of it and I'm working, I work from home and it's oddly quiet and it's weird. So I think I've been experiencing more loneliness now than I did before. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So the, you're finding the work from home situation lonely and isolating. Well, here's the thing. I've I've said this to my husband when explaining why I feel a certain sense of loneliness, and it's I work from home, and the only time I talk to somebody is through a camera and it's for five minutes and talk about the work and then they're gone. Now, one of the things that I think, I mean, work from home as a regular Mm -hmm. thing is relatively new for a lot of companies. Mm. And I think a lot of companies 
haven't given a, and we've talked about this. I think we did a work from home episode. A lot of companies haven't given a whole lot of thought to what does work from home look like? Mm -hmm. What does it, what is it like? How do we foster a culture when we all work from home? How do we, you know, when you work in an office, there's automatically socialization. Mm-hmm. When you work from home, that's harder to foster. Right. It's hard to manage and it's hard to do. So the question becomes, how do you do it? And a lot of companies just haven't gotten around to it because they don't think it's a priority because they're just like, we got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so definitely, it I can definitely understand the the loneliness factor when like there's one of the things that I miss about going to the office is banter. Yes. Man, we had some good banter when I went into the office. It was just like back and forth, chit chat, but witty and fun and that sort of thing. And nobody banters anymore. I know. And it's hard to do that whenever, you know, you're you're communicating through Zoom or Microsoft Teams. Like it's it's tough because, you know, banter can be a quick thing. It can be real quick. And it's it's not going to impact other people. But whenever you're maybe putting a comment that's non-work related in those chat groups, people get notifications and it's dinging on their computers. Yeah. And if it's nothing to do with the work, that can be really frustrating, right? You yeah. know, and the, uh, to add the next layer of this, this is this is the challenging part is I work with a family. So the issue is I can't necessarily talk to other of the the other employees because what can I say if I need help or support or if I need to be able to voice something it's tough. And so, so everybody everybody that you work with is related to each other and you're the person who's not. I'm the odd one out. That's a bad scene, man. That's a bad scene. Here we are. Lovely people. (laughs) Lovely people. But, but. Just in case they're listening. Lovely people. Just in case. But it's also a, I'm not invited to your Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) No. no. You all are going to see each other at Christmas, right? And so I was saying this to, to add to that part of the conversation is it's tough when, you know, when my husband has a problem at work with someone, you've got other people to go to. You've got a lunchroom. You've got someone to decompress with. You've got HR. You've, you've got these policies and procedures. I am so on my own. Mm. And it has never been more isolating of an experience. And, and I, and I want to open up about this and be more vulnerable about it because I know that there's some of our listeners who probably – could use that knowing that you're not alone in that situation because it's tough. It's so hard. It's not a good scene. It's not a good scene. I think a lot of companies start, and especially if they start as family business, they think we don't need policies. We're a family. We don't need, we don't need HR. We're a family. If it comes down to it, we'll just argue about it Thanksgiving. And then you hire from outside. And maybe these things worked when you were a family because nobody as in the family, nobody's getting fired for talking back. That's just how family is. But then the outsider is stuck in a situation where they don't have the banter. They don't have the history. They actually don't have the the ties. So if they talk back, mm-hmm. out they go. 
So it's yeah. very, I can understand it being very stressful. They probably have never thought about needing policies before. Absolutely. And, and I'm very, I'm in a, I'm in a good place at least with, with my coworkers. And like I said, you know, it's not a terrible place. You know, they are lovely. It's just, it's just, what do you say? Right. Yeah. And how do you combat that loneliness when it's five o'clock and it's time to clock out, but there's nothing much else going on after that. Yeah. How do you as the introvert suddenly negotiate that within yourself? Do you feel guilt? Like I feel guilty sometimes going like, I feel like I'm betraying myself. I, you know, I'm an introvert. I can do this, but I don't feel I'm honoring myself when I do that. When I can just be honest and say, yes, I'm lonely and I'm, I'm bored and I need something to do, someone to connect with and talk with. I think that the truth of the matter is that, you know, as we said, introverts can get lonely. I think the threshold for our loneliness is higher, right? Some people, mostly extroverts, if they are, or ambiverts, after a few days of being alone or a week, they may be like, well, I really need to get out and see people. Introverts are less likely to, to, to do that. So it takes us longer to get there and the, and the stakes are higher for us to get there. When mm -hmm. we get there, it's, it's, it's pretty serious. In the past, I have felt lonely when I didn't have regular socialization with people that I care about or love. So whether it's family or, or, or romantic partner, it was easier to get lonely and to be like, oh, at the end of the week, it's like, we really like to talk to somebody because, you know, you hadn't really seen them or anything. You didn't do anything. And that's and that's fine. But when you have somebody that, that you're seeing on the regular, it, it's a little less likely that, that that's going to come up. Mm -hmm. Not that it's not going to, because in the dead of winter, in the middle of a, of the third day of a blizzard, and you haven't really spoke to anybody, and the internet's out or whatever, suddenly you're like, "I this is bullshit," and I need to talk to a person. <laughs> oh my gosh, the internet's out. How? Where are we living? What, I don't know. Like, what day and age is this? I mean, it could just be last. What was it? June or July when the entire one of the entire internet networks and phone networks went out. Right. Oh right? my, the, wow. That was a dark period. That was a dark day. Indeed. That was a dark mm. day. Yeah. But for the most part, my threshold for hitting the lonely, the loneliness factor is, is pretty high. Like I said, for the most part, three to four weeks of not seeing, of not seeing people. And I'm like, so what? I'm good. I'm good. But after that, it starts to become much more heightened, like the, oh, I, I haven't seen anybody. I haven't talked to anybody. I literally haven't spoken to anybody. I even got the Uber driver to just drop my food at the door. So I didn't even see them. And suddenly you're like, I, I need to find something. We need to go for like dim sum or something. We need to go for brunch. We need to do something so that it's just like getting together with people. All of a sudden it becomes a very necessary thing. Yeah. I find too, whenever I hit my threshold and this is more, you know, pre COVID days, but hitting my threshold, I finally, or I, I find that I am making more small talk with strangers and I don't mean, I can catch myself and I'm like, okay, you're going to really regret picking up this conversation. I don't know who going. you are. I don't know who you are in this situation. I don't know, but you are not Jess Gorman. <laughs> 
I know. Like, I remember one time, like, again, this is before COVID, but like an Uber driver was dropping or Uber Eats was dropping off my food. And I think like Steve was on afternoons for like three weeks straight. And I was so lonely because like, I just wasn't really talking to anybody at the time. And I remember the Uber driver dropping something off and saying like, oh, it's been a really busy day. And I'm like, well, I hope it just keeps being busy for you. Are you staying warm out there? And then suddenly it just turned into a five minute conversation, but that five minutes was an hour and I walked away not knowing who I was anymore. <laughs> I can understand that because I don't know who you are in that situation. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> it's it's interesting because, you know, when that, that feeling comes up, when I, I hit that threshold, it's not like I planned for it. So suddenly it's like, it's like, let's say it's like Saturday and I'm like, today's the day I have to see people. So it's suddenly like, who is available to do something now because if i don't do something now in an hour i might not want to do something but right now right now we are we need to go for we need to have a plan so we can go out and do something let's go for dim sum let's go bowling or something like that just something weird and wild just to get out it's not like i can feel it coming on it's just, it happens and then i have to deal with it like now within the, we have to have a plan within the next hour who's your go-to when that happens Previously, it was my friend Adriana. I'd just be like, hey, dim sum. And she'd be like, yeah, we're going for dim sum. I'll meet you there in an hour and a half. And we'd go and we'd sit and we'd eat food. And that's like a two hour meal right there. But like that was just like a, for a while there, it was like, a, that's a thing. Let's do that. And 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 it would happen. But right, right now, obviously, my go to is Melanie. It's like, hey, <laughs> we're going to do something. Melanie, where, let's go and do a thing, you know. But it's it's again, when the threshold is passed, I, I have to do the thing. There needs to be a plan that mm. we make as quickly as possible. Oh, gosh. Yeah. See, the, my go-tos, one lives all the way in St. Thomas and two live in Toronto. And I'm looking at one of them. So oh, wow. it's not like I can go do something. No, that's that's, you know, it, that's, that's hard. That's it hard. is. What do, I do, what do you do? And then yeah. the other one's a one-year-old. <laughs> Not not a particularly not a great conversationalist. No, no. Favorite word is mama right now, so that's about it. Can you that's, hear him? Can, can that's, you hear him? No. No. Okay. No. He's he's uh, okay. Yeah, he's babbling in his crib. Okay, never mind. <laughs> he hears me. Of course, of course. He's trying to get your attention. <laughs> don't fall for it. I've heard some people say that they don't get lonely unless they're in a crowd of people. Oh, okay. And so like, if you go to a party and I, I can, I can sort of feel this. If you, if you, the, the, the not being part of a group becomes really accentuated if you're at a party and you don't know a bunch of people really well. And you're just sort of like doing the standing on the edge of a group. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty lonely spot to be. Oh, 100%. I know. And like, how do you ask for connection without forcing it? You want it to be organic. You yeah. Don't, you don't want to just come in there and be like, hi. And then suddenly you have nothing to say. And then the alienation just becomes even more apparent. <laughs> well, yeah. And also, like, you can't be like, hello, I am going to stand with you at this party and converse. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. I tried it once. It didn't work. It um, didn't. <laughs> there was a period of time in, when I was about 10 years old. So very young Phil. So in ancient times, young Phil. Mm. And 
my family had moved from Belleville to the town of Ajax, just outside of Toronto. And I was new in town. I went to school and I didn't know anybody. And school had already been in session for about a week when I joined. So I came in after that year's cliques had basically formed. And I was miserable because I didn't know anybody and it left everything and everybody I knew behind. I didn't really know this school. It felt terrible. So that was a very lonely time. Mm. And it was suggested to me. I don't know if it was suggested. I don't know who suggested. I feel like my parents might have suggested it, but that's. It, seems if like I a know what idea. story you're going with, I have a feeling who it was. <laughs> they, it was suggested that I, I go around the neighborhood and knock on doors and find out if anybody wanted to be my friend. <sighs> that was definitely your parents. <laughs> And it was, I was number one, I did it because I kind of felt like I had to, but also I was like, really this, this not knowing anybody thing and not feeling like I belonged was miserable. Oh my gosh. And so that's, that's what I did. Yeah. I, I went door to door Hmm. to the houses that, that maybe had kids and, and Basically asked if anybody wanted to be my friend. And you walked away that day with a whole group of friends. I walked away. I walked away with a couple of kids who lived in a house on the corner at the end of the street, whose parents, I believe, told them that they had to play with me that day. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't know that for sure. I suspect so. Oh, man. Um, And those people were the people that I knew for a little, a while until they all, they and their group of friends sort of turned on me on the playground and kind of beat me up for a while. So that was not a fun situation. I want names and numbers right now. Oh, man. I don't know anybody's numbers and I barely remember anybody's names. So it doesn't matter. And I was, I was, it's okay. It's okay. They're like, (laughs) they were children and ever children are dumb. But yeah. also mean. And, and, but really, I think that it stemmed from them feeling forced into a position. They ended up, I mean, obviously, they didn't really like me anyway. So, but they were in a, in a position where they, they felt like they had to play with me. And then at one, at a certain point, they were like, nah, not doing this anymore. And so yeah. that's when they turned on me. So maybe that's not the best way to deal with that kind of lone, that crushing loneliness of I've just moved to a new place and I don't know anybody. But apparently it's hard to make friends both as a child and as a grown up. <laughs> well, like also, how quick are we whenever we feel that loneliness creeping up? How quick are we to just want to give in to extroverted tendencies, right? I'm not quick at all. I am oh, not. Oh, okay. Like, see, and I am. <laughs> see, for me, it's like, it's it's ages of moping before oh. somebody says, just go to the houses on the street and ask if somebody wants to be your friend. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, man. Yeah, it it it's not quick for me. But when it when it does start to creep up, it's it's exponentially faster mm-hmm. after that. So it does take a bit. And then as soon as I feel it, it's like something's got to happen. Before and the next thing I, you know, you're having small talk conversations with absolute strangers like some anybody. Kind of, yeah. Wow. Just talk to me. <laughs> but like, wow. you know, and now I've just realized that it's 
not so much that you need to talk to somebody. It's you're just craving a connection right now and you're not getting it. Yeah. And yeah. as as a writer, as a performer, we need those connections in order to foster and inform our work yeah. that we do. Yeah, so if I'm absolutely. not connecting, how can I create? That Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, you know, we need probably deeper conversation than talking to the Uber driver and seeing how his you know, going. You know, yeah. And asking if they're cozy and warm. If they're cozy and warm yeah, just... on a winter's night in their car. Oh, not my finest hour. <laughs> not my fine. Not my finest five. <laughs> you know what was not my finest hour? Going door to door at 10 years old, asking people to be my friend. That's an introvert's guide to t-shirt right there is a door no. saying, will you be my friend? Nope. Cause that <laughs> I can actually feel the blush, the blushing oh. because not my finest hour as a, as a child, I felt mortified by it, but I didn't know what else to do. So Absolutely. I did the thing and uh, I, I don't recommend, do not recommend zero out no. of 10. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know it's it's the, it's the maternal instinct in me no, too of being like baby <laughs> Phil. No, it's fine. <laughs> he didn't have a lot of self confidence, so it's all he all he could manage. The, the 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 loneliness factor, I think, it like I like it's the feeling that feeling lonely is the threshold is is pretty high for most mm -hmm. of us. And when it happens, aside from making small talk with Uber drivers or going to door to door and asking people to be your friend. Are there better ways to deal with it that, that we can think of? Yeah. Take a big, deep breath <laughs> before we make any rash decisions. Like My, talking to somebody you don't know. That's a rash Absolutely. Yeah. Just didn't even think about it. Just right in being like, oh, human. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, my first go-to is to take a breath and remember the circle that I have. I've cultivated it. I've worked hard on it. These are the people that I know I have deep connections with. So if I want to have a hangout, I know I can hang out with them and it's going to be what I need. If it's the, I'm just craving something new maybe, and it's that loneliness of, the people in my circle just, and, and this isn't to say like, you know, they don't have time in a, in a negative way. They just don't have that capacity to bring me into their life right now. That can be really tough to deal with. So I think the next point that I would say for myself is again, take a breath and don't jump to the extroverted tendency of throwing myself into something that's maybe too sociable that I'm going to regret. And then flashing back to our hill that I will die on episode where I will cancel plans and it's not in the good way. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's not in a good way to do it. Right. So I think in that moment, it's nice to go to the second tier of people that I know I have a good conversation with that I haven't connected with in a while. Who are those people? What does that look like? Does that look like just a quick text message? Does that maybe look like asking if they'd like to go for a coffee sometime what does that look like? If there, if the, if I'm still not able to figure out somebody to talk to, or there's nobody available, I think I'm stuck. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's where I maybe start to feel like I, I'm in a maze and I can't find the way out. Yeah, no, for sure. Pre-COVID, 
I think we were all a little freer with last minute plans. Last minute plans are a little more difficult now. Most people that I know have gotten very comfortable in their sedentary cocooning ways, especially it's winter, which it's still technically winter, even though it's technically spring. It snowed today. So still winter. That's bullshit. But when you get to that point, maybe it'll be easier when it's a little bit warmer and you, you it's people are not so free with their last minute plans. But if I look back on on my Facebook memories for you, Gen Z kids, yes, I'm still using it, but you know, I'm old. So I give me a pass. If I look back, there's a period of time where every so often in the memories, it's like, who wants to go for dim sum? Dim sum today. Who's in like that kind of thing. Like every, every few weeks or so I could tell that I was in like a, a I, I had reached the point of feeling lonely and it was a great, it's a great way to, to connect with people. And so I would like put it out there. Who wants to go? And almost every time somebody would be like, I'm going. And so we'd have a thing, but last minute, like I said, I don't know that the loneliness crush is coming. So mm-hmm it's hard to plan for it. And so we'll see if it, if it comes up again and, and I'm, and I need to do something last minute and I, I can't do something with Melanie, then we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Now I got to ask, is dim sum your comfort lonely food? Dim sum is just a really easy way to socialize with a small group of people because <laughs> you sit at a table, especially if it's cart service. If it's like, if it's like you order, it all comes at once. And then like, if you check off a thing, it all comes at once and it's a quick meal. But if you find a place with cart service, you just sit there drinking tea and chatting until something comes along on the cart that you want. You flag it down, they put it on your table and you eat it. And it's you, the rest of the time you're just chatting. So Life's it's a simple. really, it's really mm-hmm. very simple. And it's a really great way to have like long conversations. So by the time the two hour meal is over, you've had a good amount of socialization, socialization and you're good for a while. Yeah. Absolutely. Just so it's less a comfort food and more like a a good, good conversation greaser. Right. Now, I got to ask, besides our childhood trauma that we faced with going door to door here, have you do you remember a time when you were trying to battle that loneliness and you made plans that you regretted? I mean, I, I'm not friends with a lot of people that I regret spending time with. So, so that's not a thing. I think the closest I would have come for that was when come to that was when I was on dating apps and you're, you're, you go on dates with people and then you spend an hour being bored or something, right? You're not, there's no connection or whatever. I can't think of a time when I would, I hit the 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 moment of like i have to be social and i regretted being social with somebody no that i, I can't think of a time when that happened how about you same answer <laughs> I, gee that sounds like a convincing response <laughs> i think you know kind of mirroring that yeah i think it was more so when i was single and that's not to say that Anybody who's single, who's an introvert must have that sense of loneliness. It was more so when I was single, I would be able to make plans on a whim whenever I wanted, right? And maybe when that loneliness was creeping up, maybe I would say yes to a lot more dates than I should have. So I remember saying yes to some 
suitors that maybe I should not have. Right. So I think my judgment was a little clouded and it may have gotten me into situations. Sure. 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 Um, there's, there's a tactic that I've heard of from some guys and it seems to be something that only guys do. Okay. When they're on like the swipey apps. So if it's swipey app, like Tinder, Mm -hmm. they just swipe right on everyone. Oh no. They just swipe right, 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 right. And they wait for somebody to connect to also swipe right on them. And they pounce on that as a connection. And they, 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 they're like, yeah, but they're like scattershot. They don't care. They're just like, I'm just, and it's a terrible tactic. Oh, for sure. It's terrible tactic because you don't know anything about the person. You don't know nothing. It particularly intrigued you. You're just swiping on everybody. I approached, I mean, I'll be honest. I approached like the, the, the online dating, like, like a science. Like I, I read the profile and if there was nothing in the profile that I could comment on, even if I liked the look of the person, I thought they were attractive or whatever. I didn't, I didn't even bother messaging. Cause what's the point? I'm going to go, Hey, which is the, Hey, or sup. Those are the glo- the the global answers. So that's, that's what I did at the time, but mm-hmm. it was certainly, it was certainly that, that tactic. I've heard of and I've seen people do it and Mm -hmm. I think it's a a, a bad tactic. Well, yeah, like as you know, I wasn't on swipey apps too long. I I just, it wasn't for me. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't imagine a lot of women do the swipey swipes to the, to the right the whole time because that's so dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it is specifically a dude thing. It's specifically a guy. Absolutely. And if there's any of you dudes listening who are doing that, don't do that. That's not helpful. Like it's, you're there to build a connection, I hope. And if not, that's okay too. No judgment. But like, if you're trying to build a connection, there's better ways of doing it. I guarantee you. Yeah. 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 First also, off, first off, the thing that you need to do is number one, take down the picture of you holding a fish. Also, take down the picture I was of you just about against to your see car. That. Don't don't do those things. Don't do those things. Oh, or also be in group photos. Don't yeah, don't, don't be, be in group, group photos. photos. No, no. And fish, if none of your pi- no and if none of your pictures are you smiling, take them all down and get a picture of you smiling. Because if all of your pictures are, are of you looking serious, you look like a serial killer. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this suddenly turned into like the the the, the dating <laughs> advice from, Chris, from from Phil and Jess, but it's uh, that's just the the conversation goes where it goes. Well, listen, listen, this is our show. That's right. You're you're on that's for right. our ride, okay? You, I mean, and just to bring it back, I mean, the only reason to go on those apps is loneliness, right? That's right. That's why you know you do if you find yourself single, you spend a little bit of time sitting on your ass and just sort of like enjoying the fact that you're single. And then you go on the dating apps and you you try to find some connection and you go on a lot of dates that maybe you shouldn't go on. There's no way to know until you're there. Mm-hmm. Chatting is not conversation. So you go on the date and you, you, you do whatever you do on the first date. I recommend coffee. That's the, that's where you can find it if you have conversation and it's mm-hmm. not lubricated by alcohol. So you're not going to make dumb choices. And then you see if there's a conversation and if there's not, well, thank you. That was great. See you later. You know, something just popped in my head too. If, you know, I think if there's ever an introvert out there who feels lonely whenever they're in a crowd, but they do want that experience of being with others. I remember back in our making friends episode 
we mentioned a trivia night. And sometimes there's trivia, trivia nights that are looking for extra players in mm-hmm. their group. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a, a valid way to maybe fend off some loneliness or get that connection that we're craving is maybe a social event like that? I think it's completely valid, but it depends on how you do with trivia. Mm. For example, I know I know a few things. I know I keep some trivia in my head. There's a few things that I know and encyclopedically. However, mm-hmm. if you ask me a question about it, I will immediately forget. I would never invite you to an office trivia. Do ever. not. No. Do not. Because it doesn't matter what I know. As soon as the question comes up, people will be like, it's like a pick. It's like about Shakespeare. People are like, Phil, you're an actor. You've done Shakespeare before. What about this play? What's the name of this thing? Somebody in Juliet. That's the, that's the clue. And I'll be like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the name of that. I've never heard of that play. That's not, I don't, that's, that's how bad it is. As soon as the question is there, I'm done. So if you are good with trivia, volunteer to be part of the team. And if you are not good with trivia, don't make them hate you by being bad at trivia. Absolutely. But on the other side of that, there's other activities though, that there's a way of finding out if there's maybe not, you know, singles for dating, but like, you know, singles that are going, people who are just by themselves. Mm. There's, I know that there's theater programs where there's single tickets and Mm -hmm. people are looking to go in a group or maybe they're uh, golf. Golf is famous for that. Actually, there's single players that are just like, oh, you look so deadpan about that. <laughs> Sorry, my feelings about golf came through and I apologize for anybody oh, who it. really that appreciates, was... who really likes golf. The just the the dial tone was right there, right there I, behind your eyes. Let, let, it me, was... let me tell you, let me tell you why, because I have two experiences with golf, two oh, entire no. experiences with golf. Number one, when I was a kid on Sunday afternoons, it was just golf on TV. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You'd be bored. It's raining outside. You got nothing to do. You turn on the TV. Every channel is golf. And one channel is Mutual of Omaha, which is like a nature show. And so you're you're stuck watching an octopus, mate, rather than like, but everything else is golf. So already I have a bad taste about, in my mind about golf. And then in grade 12 gym class, we did a, a section on golf where we had to golf. Because mm-hmm. it was and- a new invention at the time, right? Yeah, it was brand new. We were still playing yeah. on the on the on the hillocks of Scotland when it was just like, I bet I can get this rock into that hole. No, it was in the eighties, which is not is close to ancient times, but not too far. We had to do this module where we played golf, and so I had, we had to wake up early and we had to start at seven in the morning. I was an early riser, but also really bad at golf. So we'd do like the back nine and then have to show the gym teacher our score, and mine's like. 89 or something like that on the back nine (laughs) or whatever it's in the hundreds and at the end of the at the end of the module i'm hating everything the only thing i like about it is the walk in the morning though like walking around in the morning Mm -hmm. Uh, at the end of the module he says oh by the way most times people stop counting after they've after they've gone one over par and Mm -hmm. i was like son of a bitch could have told me that (laughs) so i didn't have to like show everybody the fact that my back nine score was like over a hundred but anyway that's so rude <laughs> it was bad I, it was bad anyway yeah sorry and i and see i don't mind golf i don't mind it i got an okay swing i like the walk yeah i the like the golf nice. cart that's my part that's yeah I, we didn't get a golf cart they didn't oh. let the high school students in a golf cart oh i wonder why 
It's, it's a valid. It's valid. Mm-hmm. It's it's a legit fear. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think in terms of in terms of finding things that that you can do, singles tickets to shows. I've heard there are some restaurants that if you go as a, as a, as like a lone person, they will sit you at a table with other people, which to me is like, no, Absolutely don't. Not. Or there was another restaurant where if you were a lone person, they would bring like a giant teddy bear and sit it across from you so that I guess everybody knew that you were alone or something ridiculous. Anyway, just let me sit alone and read. Thank you very much. Absolutely. <laughs> These are all terrible things to do to somebody. You know what? I would suggest, you know, if you're single and you're looking for something to do and you have the opportunity to do speed dating, sounds terrible and maybe it's nerve wracking, but you're going to have a bunch of two minute conversations. And at least if there's some kind of spark, something might come from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or is there maybe the risk that you would walk away not having any connection and, that is feeling, a risk. and feeling a little bit more lonelier than you did coming it in? Is, it is a risk. It is a risk. Mm-hmm. And and much like some people swipe all the things, I was involved with a group that organized a speed dating event and a couple of people just checked off all of the girls as a, as a potential match. Good Lord. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was telling, but you know, that's definitely an option as long as you're willing to end up possibly not having a mm-hmm. connection. That's fair. That's for the risk, the risk takers here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're sort of like we've had a couple of suggestions. Should we go over to social and see what people say? <laughs> Let's go to social. Let's be social. Let's be social. Yeah. All right. On social media, we asked. When a lot of people think of introverts, they think of someone who wants to spend all their time alone and never needs to be around other people. But is that really true? Can an introvert be lonely? What do you think? Are you an island never needing anyone else or do you need to have a few close friendships? Nina said both. I need to be alone to relax and be in my own bubble, but I also need being around people I love sometimes. I feel alone in big crowds, and then I'm longing to be alone. Listen, a big crowd, a big crowd is just. Mm. It's, it's just, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. If, if there's a whole lot of social stuff going on in that room and it's a big crowd, it's just like networking event party. Forget about it. Oh, absolutely not. Letter F said, I never feel lonely when I'm alone. On the other hand, if I'm with a lot or a group of people, that's the time I feel loneliness. I feel like I don't belong with them. So being alone doesn't make you lonely. Okay. Okay. I think it depends on on how those people are interacting. Yes. Like for me, if I'm with a group of people, a large group of people, and they are largely either not talking to me or it's all small talk, I'm going to feel very lonely in in that situation. Definitely. Yeah, yeah there, there's something where I feel like I, you know, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I am all of the things. <laughs> yes. Not with the other. Not with the other. No, no. it's 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 definitely a, a tough one because when you like we were saying earlier, when you're in a situation, there's a bunch of people and they're being social and you're on the outside of it and can't find a way in. That is a very lonely situation. Yes. Mm hmm. It's Martel said, 
We're human, so we need connection and people, but not in the same way extroverts do. I can go a long time without being around anyone, but eventually I might long for a partner or to connect with some close friends. But after those interactions, it's back to my cave until next time. <laughs> I I wholeheartedly love that. <laughs> back to the cave. Back to the cave. Absolutely. Back in I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. Now, we've talked about this before, just in terms of like, we've talked about having roommates. Mm-hmm. And it is hard as an introvert to have roommates, especially if they don't. That's like a situation. If you're in a house and there's a bunch of people who live in that apartment and you're just like, everybody's socializing in the living room and you're just like, I'm just going to be in my room. And suddenly everybody's like, like, you're trapped. It's your home. But also you just need your alone time in Absolutely. the cave. Yeah, we used to have the open the open door rule. If the door's open, you can come in mm-hmm. and hang out. Mm-hmm. Mine was always closed. <laughs> oh. That's just that's just legit. That's yeah. just that's just good planning. Absolutely. Like it was rarely open. I think it was open whenever I was like, you know, doing laundry and going back and forth. That got confusing. Yeah. <laughs> we generally when I had roommates who one of two things, if you were sitting in the kitchen or you're sitting in the living room, that's where the socialization was. For the mm-hmm. most part, everybody's bedroom was their own. You know, we just like shut the door or whatever. But like, it was like, if you went into into one of the common areas, it it was it was socialization time. But that that way, yeah. it was really easy to be like, I I you could talk to me now, and if the door is closed, go away. <laughs> Joey said, "I get along just fine by myself generally." I have my hobbies and my interests to keep me occupied enough. But I do find that it's those moments when the anxiety or the depression peak that I not only need that interaction with other people, but it's a desperate need in those moments as well. It goes from zero to 100 in a hurry. And like Mm. I said, I really feel that. (laughs) I really feel that. Like I am, I am, I am like, I'm good. I'm like a whole week long. I'm like, I'm doing good. I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need to see anybody. I'm just going to sit here, read my books, do my thing, whatever. And then all of a sudden, the next day, it'll it's be dim- like, I have to see people today. I had. I need dim sum. <laughs> I need dim sum. I need socialization. I need it now within the next hour. I'd just like so to I say, really, by the way. Yes. Oh, no, no, go ahead. What would no, you go like ahead. to say? Oh, I was just going to say, listen, we've we've said dim sum so many times during this episode and not one dim sum pun. And I'm very proud of us. Not one. Don't. I have too much respect for dim sum. I have too much respect for dim sum to pun that. Okay. And see, fair enough. I thought the wheels were turning and you were trying to find a way to work it in. No, 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 no. Dim sum has all my respect. And so I'm not going to belittle it with a dad joke. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. This is the one time. The one time. This is our safe zone. This is just for now, just on this topic. Emma says, I never feel lonely when I'm alone, but I can feel very lonely when I don't feel understood. I feel lonely when I feel like I don't meet people's expectations and I feel like there's something wrong with me. I love my family and friends. I love to listen to them and sometimes spend short periods of time with them. But I often feel like I disappoint them and that I need to compensate. Oh, I so feel that. It's it's such an isolating feeling when you open up 
mm-hmm. and and that validation or just that actually the confirmation of you are okay in your feelings is not yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have a really tough time of just coming right out and saying what we need. Yeah. Because I can feel myself in my head saying that's not what I needed. That's not what I needed, but it the words just don't come out. Right? It, it's yeah. if it's not there, it's not there, right? And it's oh I, I feel yeah, that it's really, it's really it's really it's really tough. The feeling like you're like you're not meeting somebody's expectations. That's pretty mm. lonely. That's like oh, that's yeah. very you're just sort of like hanging there, like you've disappointed them yeah. or something like that. And you're just sort of like hanging in this liminal space of like, I have nowhere to hide and I'm stuck with this person and I've disappointed them and it's terrible. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Do we have an internet or do we just go to? <laughs> well, actually, oh, what well. I was going to say. Yes. I had an idea. We were talking okay. about some ideas. And mm-hmm. the reason why I don't have a an internet again this time is it's such a big conversation. If yes. you go online, you will see, yes, introverts do feel lonely. A lot of the ideas that you see in there are extroverted based. And we've mentioned that earlier mm-hmm. in the episode. Mm-hmm. I had an idea of something someone could try if they're ever feeling lonely. Okay. But the guidelines here are if you're feeling lonely... You want to meet new people, try something new. Maybe it's a new hobby and you're looking for other people to connect with. Check out your local theater community. Hmm. Community theater, you don't have to be on stage. Yep. There are quiet roles that you can take. There's stage crew Mm -hmm. and they don't really talk to anybody backstage and they stay there. (laughs) But sometimes you get to have the fun conversation and crew conversations are great. There's, you know, being in the sound booth by yourself, Mm -hmm. but you're still connecting with people. Or if you want to take a try at being on stage, you can do that. But I find community theater, after just finishing up community theater, I realized as I looked around at all the different groups, Mm -hmm. they ranged. They ranged in size and they ranged in their role and they, and, and, and the time commitment as well. So if you don't have as much time commitment, there's ways to get involved. Yeah. But I thought about it and I'm like, what a welcoming thing, what a welcoming thing to be a part of. Yeah. And I, I genuinely encourage you to take a look at what's out there. Think about it. Maybe go see one of the shows, right? But I think it's some, there's something to be said about amateur theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. In, in England, the amateur theatricals are, are respected. People do them. Lots of people do them. Lots of professionals mm-hmm. got their start there. There's a lot of respect for that, that, that there, which we don't tend to have here, but I, it's, it's misplaced mm-hmm. because community theater is just that. It's a community. And it's it's worth being a part of. So definitely worth taking a look at if you're thinking about trying something new. And if you do, please tell me. I yeah, like absolutely. write into us. We this is coming like I'm not we're not just biased about it. Like it's it, there's a reason there's something to be said about it. It makes art accessible and it's such a great outlet. So please let us know if you do. That's yeah. amazing. I'd love to hear about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So did we learn anything today? I am reminded that this weekend I have a lot of connections and catch up to do. 
There's a lot of people I haven't talked to when I think about my loneliness. And I think part of that is on me to be able to work through in a constructive and productive way that does not involve an Uber driver. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about, about the work from home is it is easier during the day to quickly send a message to, to somebody to connect with them because your boss isn't literally looking over your shoulder, no, monitoring like what, when, how often you picked up your phone or something. Right. Mm. So it's easier. It, in some ways it's easier to, to do those that, that reach out quickly. I learned that it's, or I was reminded that the network that I've, that I've curated, the friends that I have are people that I genuinely like. And that, that when we have the opportunity to just like drop everything and go to dim sum for a last minute meal is, is, is a real treat and, and being able to like hang out with people and just have long and far ranging conversations over a couple of hours over a, a, a slow meal is a joy. And I haven't done it since COVID. So like three years and uh, not only am I craving dim sum after saying dim sum so many times today, I'm craving those conversations. So I had a dim sum pun and I didn't say it. I'm very proud and of you. You can you. share it. You can share it with me when we're done recording. <laughs> Listeners, as always, I just wanted to remind you that Jess and I give you this podcast every two weeks for free. We don't have sponsors. We don't have advertisements. And we give this to you because it is a labor of love for us to do this. And so even though there are costs involved with it, it costs us money to to use the service that we're using to to record this. It costs us money to host the files that you're listening to this on. It costs us money to edit the podcast. So all of these things add up. But this is just something that we do because we love it. But if you enjoy this podcast and if you're able to and you want to help out, you can donate to us to help us keep this podcast going. You'll find a link to do that in the show notes, which you can find on the website or in your podcast app. You can either make a one-time donation or you can donate on a monthly basis. And if just four people donated $5 a month, we would cover the cost of hosting the file. So it'd be one thing that we're not paying out of pocket. But even more than that, even more than, than donating, we're just glad that you're here. We're glad that you're listening and we thank you for listening.